everyone, Tim Wright back with you with Dr. Michael Gurian, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were at uh, the church where I work, we were honoring teachers. And uh, one of the teachers said that he teaches drama to junior high kids. And I said, well, that's, uh, that's an interesting calling to have to teach drama to junior high kids. Didn't know we needed to teach them drama. And we're actually <laughs> talking about drama today uh, with some teenagers, uh, specifically a conflict that happened that can lead to some good discussion about drama among girls. And, and maybe we'll even get into some girl drama as we go along. Um, Michael, it's good to have you with us today. Great to be here. Thanks, Tim. Uh, tell us before we get in. Let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, give us a little shout out here for Man Cave and uh, the great work uh, Marion's doing. Yep, uh, Marion Hill is the founder of Man Cave in Phoenix, Arizona. All men need to be caring, actively engaged, vested, and encouraged. Uh, um, and uh, this is a partnership between City, City of Phoenix, my brother's keeper, Greater Phoenix Urban League, uh, Head Start, and it's for dads and anyone who's um, working with dads. It offers opportunities for dads to have fun with kids, their school readiness, father kits. Uh, so, so any having to do with dads and nurturing fathers and um, helping fathers bond with kids. And if you go, if listeners go to wonderofparenting.com, you're going to see Man Cave there and you're going to see the ways to get a hold of Marion to get more information. Excellent. You can also go there to find out more about uh, the Center of Place of Hope up in the Seattle area, our longtime sponsor with Dr. Greg Jantz, and uh, so glad to have them as a part of this. Uh, again, anytime you feel like you or someone you love needs some extra help, go to wonderparenting.com, hit their link, and you're going to find not only a, a great place, uh, one of the top 10 pla- top 10 places in the country for treating depression and other um, issues, but also great resources that you can purchase uh, on their website or at Amazon. So we have a question here. Our, our topic is handling teen girl conflict. And um, as often happens with our questions, which is great, this is a specific uh, moment in time uh, that raised some questions, and we're going to be able to use that then to speak to some broader issues. I've got a part of the story, and then Michael has a little bit more of the story. So I'm going to read you the question that I have, and then Michael was able to get a little bit clip more clarification on the issue. Um, so this took place at a camp. So that's the context. What is the best way to handle conflict between girls ages 12 to 15? Looking back on this issue now, the girl who caused the issue by making fun of people and calling them names was a bully. Our goal is to never send a child home, but for this girl, it was close and probably would have happened if we weren't on the last day of camp. For a little context, I know one of the girls may have existed on the spectrum. She wanted to be called Jay instead of Brooklyn. The first day, the girls dress up for dinner and the guys serve them and she wanted to wear slacks instead of a dress. Strangely, she connected with the director and thought of her as a grandma and listened to her for the most part. So there was conflict here, uh, which in this question, we don't have a lot of information. So Michael, you got a little bit more to give you some uh, starting points to help answer that question. Yeah, the part that you read was him writing writing us back. Um, He initially wrote, uh, he initially wrote 
because uh, he was participated in the Summer Institute and Got he it. really, really liked it. And he talked about, and I'll kind of speed through what he said, although we really, really appreciate all those positive comments. He talked about that these are, so an important context is these are camps for kids in the foster system. So there's Got a it. boys okay. camp and a girls camp. Um, uh, all the kids are in the foster system. And um, uh, and he applied a lot of the stuff that we that we taught, he applied it and found that it worked with the boys, having them draw, you know, or play with something else while they're listening so that uh, mm. their brains go to a rest state, stuff that we've talked about, um, objects moving through space. And um, and then with, with the girls, he said, okay, I learned about rumination loops from you and not to be dismissive of girl drama, but, some, but or and something different happened at our camp. There were issues and conflicts between groups of girls. So mm. there were groups of girls that were competing mm. with or hassling other groups of girls. What's the best way to handle that situation? It seemed to stem from two girls that caused the issues for the others. And then, so then I wrote him back and said, okay, give us a little more. Like, what were the issues? What happened? Um, and then he wrote what you read. So we didn't really learn what the issues were, but I think we've got it. I think what we've yep. got is we've got where we have kids we want to remember that these kids are in the foster system, so we can assume that most or all have experienced significant trauma. Mm. So, so one of the things that that it's so important for people who work in that system, you know, to understand, which they do, is to be trauma informed. To know that okay, a, a lot of or some of what the kids are going to do, what the girls are going to do, we'll stick with the girls now, um, is going to be trauma response. So they're, they have been traumatized. They're really angry. They're working out their, their anger, right? It's on the group and, um, uh, and trying to manipulate the group. They've been traumatized. They're going to try to get power, right? And uh, wield power. And they're going to find whatever way they can to wield power in the group. And then they're going to manage the group to fight against another group. Does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. They're, and and so this one is an alpha. I think what he's describing is this alpha who is probably working through a lot of these things and is bringing this to the group. And so is is managing this one group and creating a kind of posse and or crew in this one group that's then going to go after another group or girls in the other group, make fun of them. And as he said, she's a bully. So this one mm -hmm. that he's referring to is a bully. And that is not uncommon when kids have been significantly traumatized that's one of the reasons they turn they become bullies it's not the only reason but it's one of the reasons so this child has become a bully is is manipulating is creating all of the stress uh for everyone else and is feeding off creating that stress so i actually think that is what based on what we little we have i think that is something that is probably operative here and um and he says we don't like to send anyone home which is a really neat thing to set up this safe place where they don't have to send anyone home, but they got close with this girl. And, yeah. uh, you know, and sometimes you do have to isolate this kind of child for like a day, just isolate, you know, say, okay, you're going to be over here in this other place. You, you, this is what you're doing, right? Cause he's talking about 12 to 15 year old girls. So they can understand it. Someone yep. can talk to her and say, this is what you're doing. You know, you're really mad at the world. You're, you've been really hurt, you know, and work with her. Uh, for a 24 hour period um, to, to and isolate her for that 24 hour period, work with her and then re-entry her and see if, if that would help. 
so that that would be you know my first level and then there's everything about just normal girls and groups and fighting with each other which i think we can go into but let me stop there yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Yeah, so when, when, when you were sort of describing it, and I was thinking big picture, I thought of that, that movie Mean Girls. Um, that came out many years ago and it was based on uh, Rosalind Weissman's book, I yep. believe. And yep. um, it was sort of that deal. It was uh, like these competing groups of girls just sort of at each other. Uh, and I think that uh, parents who, uh, especially if their girls are teenagers, they may recognize a lot of this, even though it was a specific event, foster girls, um, they may recognize some of these dynamics, maybe even experience them when they were in high school. I don't know. Um, what's going on? What is that about? Yeah. Yeah. And so now we go to sort of ev- everyone and every yeah. girl, and it absolutely can apply everywhere. Uh, yeah. You kids, and that's referring to that movie is really great because that's sort of the movie that made uh, that made the term girl drama popular. Yeah which is a wedge in, even though, even though some folks don't like it now, because it is kind of stereotypy and I I Mm -hmm. absolutely get that, but it's a wedge in, it helps us to understand this. So in terms of brain development, you know, all kids can get together to compete against other kids. Um, The female brain girls, the way that brain is working, that brain is acquiring so much information um, and, and uh, making internal notes about everyone else. And uh, also about the self, you know, and constantly judging and perceiving and um, putting things together and connecting dots. And um, and so any motive material is especially exciting to the adolescent brain that that girl, 12 to 15 emotive material, anything having to do with emotions and what stimulated off of someone else. And what did that person, how did I, how do I feel because of what that person said, you know, and then how did I make the other person feel based on what I said? And there's all of this going on in that brain. So it, it, it does make absolute sense that girls are going to create a heck of a lot of drama. 
And it makes absolute sense that the male brain functions differently. And, and while males compete in foreign gangs and those sorts of things, it's not as much based on the emotional give and take. It's more based on status hierarchy and a bunch of other things we've discussed. Um, it can be about emotional give and take, but on average, that's not as much of what it's about. Um, it's more about status. Whereas girls, it is, it's about status, but it's also about all this emotive material. And so part of our job, kind of where do the parents fit in? Where do the schools fit in? Part of our job is to help these girls understand it, understand what their brains are doing, understand the dramas they're creating, because they're creating the dramas as much to gain power as, as to create boundaries and to teach each other resilience, um, right? They're creating dramas. The other person has to survive the drama. Okay, I've been, I've been attacked. How do I survive it? What do I do? So it actually does create resilience in the other. Um, and then, and then the, the, that person reacts back. And then I, I, the one who created the drama, have to react back. So there is a lot of relational material going on that's actually very helpful for the creation of boundaries and resilience. And that's primarily, I think, why girls do it. But um, it can create this bullying and these problems. Yeah. And we, we, our job is to, to, it goes for a while. And then when it gets to a certain point where it's creating the problems uh, and the girls around us can't handle it, then we, we have to get in involved and say, okay, you, okay, here's what you're doing. We need to work with you on what you're doing. And if that person is our daughter, we got to confront our daughter. You know, if, yeah. if our daughter is the one who has become the bully, uh, we have to confront her. Um, and then we have to help the others to be stronger. Uh, and that's that's really our job. Confront the, confront the bully and help everyone to be stronger because that's what they're trying to get anyway out of girl drama and out of this dynamic. It's it's not just, I mean, from a sort of a brain-based point of view or an internal point of view, a developmental point of view. That's why I've always argued that girl drama is an essential part of female development, that it will never go away because it has this use. But but it's when it becomes bullying that we get involved. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of when you talk about how boys do the same thing, but they do it a bit more by picking on each other and sort of uh, ganging up on the weakness that we might see in another boy to try to toughen him up. And it sounds like girl drama serves a similar kind of purpose, and you're trying to build resistance in the people around you. Uh, and, but both forms can really turn nasty. Oh, yeah. And the girl version, the, the boy version at a certain point be, does become generally more physical. You know, yeah. someone is physically a bully is is at a for a while he's he's picking at the weaker, younger one. Right. And saying, oh, you pussy and all these things. And at a certain point, he probably physically uh, confronts the, the weaker one mm -hmm. and forcing the weaker one to prove himself um, with girls, uh, with girls, they generally are not as physical. They can be. Yes, absolutely. Right. They can. But in the aggregate, they tend to be more verbal about it. So where where the boys are picking verbally and then moving physical, the girls may just stay verbal um, and then move to cyberspace, right? Or something like that uh, and, and attack there. Um, and, and so all human beings do this. Yes, boys and girls both do it, um, but they can do it in a different way. And the way that girls do it with in and out groups, uh, you know, can be less obvious because girls will look at, <clears throat> let's say that, there's a bully named Anna and she's bullying my daughter, Davida. She, she may 
look at Davida and pass her in the hall and say something that seems sort of supportive, but that is really incredibly cutting, right? There's an there's a subtlety to, to what happens. And that goes on 10, 20, 30, 50 times uh, before Davida realizes I'm really being bullied, right? Yeah. Because it's subtle and because she's smiling when she says it to me, et cetera. And Davida may not even realize she's now in the out group because how did that happen? Whereas the boy may realize that he gets beat up by the bully. Yep. But with girls, uh, I have slid out into the out group and now I have no friends. Um, so, so girls do often do things in more subtle ways. I hope I'm not stereotyping, but this, one of the things I would often hear when I was a teenage boy, and I still hear it from time to time, even from grown women as they're dealing with their teenage daughters, that girls can be far meaner than boys uh, because they tend to do what you just talked about. It's so subtle. The words, they can be deeply cutting. Uh, where guys, you get punched in the face. Okay, well, uh, Apparently, I don't get along with that guy. Or sometimes the punch in the face means, hey, I really respect you. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to figure out, right? Yeah. Um, but that girl drama, and they and they would even talk about uh, in the bathrooms, the stuff written on the stalls in a girl's bathroom far outweighed and discussed what you would find in a boy's bathroom. So I, is there any truth to that, or was that just sort of the experiences of the people I was with? Well, I think, yeah, it's anecdotal, but also there is there is a universality to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. because um, the 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 assets that girls have available to them between 12 and 15, especially their verbal assets yep. and the verbal em emotive connections and their study of relationships and the, where the weak points are in relationships, you know, they just surpass what most 12 to 15 year old boys have access to. So so, yes. Uh, I, I don't think it's a stereotype. I think it it it's just saying these are assets girls have available. And if they get mad, they use all these assets. Or if they're going to create drama, they use all these assets. If they want to raise their status, they use all these assets. And a lot of them are connected to emotions and words, whereas boys... Um, uh, you know, can have those assets, but boys assets, they're going to tend to do more physical hierarchy and they're going right. to tend to do more hierarchy within a group format because the hierarchy is going to be tested. Like if you're an athlete, if you're an athlete, where you fit on the hierarchy is going to be easily tested and manifested in how you perform, you know, on the soccer team. And you'll raise your yourself in the hierarchy by performing on the soccer team. Again, girls play soccer. They can do that stuff. Yes. But boys are going to not right. They're not going to have these verbal assets, these verbal emotive right. assets at 12 years old. They're going to rely more on that. And um, when they are using verbal assets, they will tend to one up more. Um, uh, they'll try to use uh, obvious one upping like you stupid, you know, and then the other one goes, you stupid. So it's obvious one upping and um, uh, and it's not very subtle, you know, no, it doesn't show not. a lot of verbal subtlety. Right. Um, and, and so I don't think you're stereotyping. I think you're giving anecdotal research that would fit the universal. Yeah. You have talked in the past about the rumination loop. How does that play uh, into this kind of drama? Yeah, well, part of, so for folks who don't know about the rumination loop, so this is a something that happens in all brains, um, of course, where the amygdala, the midbrain, uh, you know, that aggression, anger, emotion center in the brain, uh, it gets stimulated. Something as traumatic has happened or something maybe not traumatic, but stimulating has happened. 
so a girl has said something to me. I'm I'm going to be my other daughter, Gabrielle. Now, a girl has said something to Gabrielle, a girl that I thought I trusted. Uh, this girl has said something. It really has hurt me as Gabrielle. Um, and and the way that manifests is that I loop, I loop up to the cingulate cortex, which is the attention focus part of the brain. It's a little higher. And I create a rumination loop where the cingulate cortex ruminates about what she said to me. And I ruminate about it. And then I'm adding things to it and going off on tangents. And I'm thinking about my, then I, you know, myself, how I fit in that and all of that. And then, you know, it comes back, the circuits are coming back to the amygdala. So then it generates more emotion, right? Comes back to the, I mean, now there's more emotion around what I just thought about. And then it goes back up to attention focus and I focus on another tangent of it. And then it goes back to the emotive center. And so I can get in a rumination loop about this and girls especially get in rumination loops for longer periods of time. You know, they'll, they'll ruminate for days on this thing. And so that absolutely impacts their relationality. It impacts the way they relate to the other girl. It impacts then they're going to be ruminating and angry. It impacts the relationship with their parents, with their siblings, because they bring that trauma. And a lot of the trauma is self-created trauma. It comes from the rumination loop. And I really want people to understand this, that there was a trauma. They Someone said a girl named Anna said something to Gabrielle that was hurtful. Yes. And it, it felt traumatic to my 13-year-old Gabrielle. Yes. But now for three days, it's Gabrielle creating the trauma in yeah. her brain, right? Yeah. Because that other girl's not saying it anymore. Gabrielle's yeah. creating the trauma. So, and then she's creating trauma with other people, with her sister, with her parents, with other people, because she's so, uh, the rumination loop is so strong and is dominating so much of her brain. So our role, we need to understand this about girls. The Minds of Girls has a lot on this and can help you. And and so get that book if you're raising a girl. And then our job is to, you know, is to step in when we see the rumination loops becoming so significant to step in and say, okay, um, I want to listen to you. I want to hear it. I've heard it now. Now I need to help you problem solve this because the rumination loop is now creating the trauma and you can step out of the trauma by doing A, B, and C. What do you think you should do? And she says, well, maybe this. And, or she might say, you're not listening to me. I'm really hurt. You know, and and the parent has to come back and say, I've listened to this for three days. I get that you're hurt. <laughs> but guess what? <laughs> you know, yeah. you also need to step out of this rumination loop because it's becoming dangerous. Um, and the danger will be to others and self. The danger to self will be I ruminate so much, I become more anxious, I become more depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, the danger to others can be the way I wreck relations with others or I attack others. So uh, I'm glad you brought it up. It is a significant thing. And with boys, so boys have rumination loops. Parents, adults have rumination loops. With boys, we don't get into it as much because, uh, and perhaps we should get into it more because, uh, you know, a lot of the boys who kill themselves, who become so depressed and kill themselves or kill others, they have been in a rumination loop. Like the ones that, the ones that uh, shoot up schools, they they have focused their whole existence on preparing to shoot that up that school with those right. weapons and they are in a dangerous rumination loop. So we should talk about it with boys, but we don't talk about it as much with boys because most boys who don't get in that dire situation, most boys they're in the rumination loop. And what they do is they step out of it by going and punching the other person or picking a fight with the other person, right? Cause they just don't like being weak and they get in that fight. And then, you know, the result is the result, whatever the result is. Um, or they just 
get into the rumination loop for a day or two and then go, huh, well, who cares? You yeah. know, and they step out because they don't have as much emotive, they don't have as many operative emotive centers in the brain to access. So they have the emotion, they process the emotion, they finish the emotion. Um, and so, uh, so in terms of the kind of aggregate, we talk about it more with girls than boys, because that's sort of how it works in girls. So it must be exhausting for girls in that age uh, to try to decipher, was that, was that thing she just said friendly or was it cutting? And I would imagine that could put you into a rumination loop, depending on how well you can handle signs, verbal signs, you know, facial expressions and so on. It's got to be exhausting. Yeah, I think every girl and woman would say it is really exhausting, truthfully, yeah. to be a girl yeah. or to be a woman. And, uh, you know, and 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 part of this part of this is why uh, yeah. that brain is never shutting off. <laughs> you know, it's constantly thinking about these things. And um, and then you have cycles, you know, uh, he mentioned the 12 to 15 age group. Well, yeah. puberty has started. And so you have hormonal cycles. And right. so there's going to be at least seven days of a 28 day cycle, at least where the rumination loops are going to be even worse because right. the estrogen and progesterone and the hormones are flooding the system, which impacts emotives. So, um, uh, so yeah, I think it really is exhausting. And I think part of what we do as parents and adults by being, by, by listening to this podcast and saying, okay, let's form a plan around this. Cause we know our daughter's doing this. Part of what we do is we fulfill the plan. We, become the person that our daughter can talk to that can help her to mm -hmm. decipher what is going on, you know, and especially 12, 13, by 15, 16, a lot of maturation has happened for girls. And by 15, 16, you know, a lot of our daughters are going to be like, okay, I get the difference, right? It's more 12 and 13 where they don't, huh, right. what is it? You know, what's happening? And um, uh, so for them, especially, we just, let's just get involved as they'll let us be involved. And if, they don't have us to help them. Let's make sure they have a godmother or um, and or grandma and or auntie and or, you know, female teacher coach. Let's make sure they have access to others. Could be male too. others who they can go to um, because they really need help with it. And yep. if they're feuding with us right now, OK, give them a couple other mentors they can go to to help them um, because they may not say they need the help, but they really want the help to discern. So it sounds like in part what you're saying is there are some things we can do to help our daughters learn to manage their rumination loop, uh, learn to manage some of that drama they experience, but also do, do girls at a certain point, sounds like a little bit, do they kind of grow out of the overwhelming response to that rumination loop? Can they sort of learn to, to regulate themselves, so to speak, or is that just something yeah. that, that females will, will wrestle with more than guys? Well, they they do, you know, the frontal as the connection to the frontal become more and more developed during that time, you know, 12 to 15, then 15 to 18, then 18 to 22. I mean, right, as that's happening, the frontal gets more involved, the prefrontal gets more involved and is like the parent, or is like the mentor and says, Oh, wait, I get this. You know, mm -hmm. I get this. This is not something I need to have such an emotional reaction to. And so, yeah, they do mature out, out of it. 
And it still can depend on cycles. It still can, you know, ABC, sure. all sorts of things matter. But yes, they're maturing, just as the, everyone's maturing. No doubt about that. Um, all through life, though, females are going to process more uh, emotive data yep. on average than males are. Or to take it out of computer language, they're just going to process more emotions than 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 males are at on average at 30, at 50, at 70. So, um, yeah, it's a both and. They're going to mature out of it, but it's going to be a focus for them uh, probably. Um, and then generally for women... It, they kind of get to where they're going through menopause and so on, or they get to, you know, 50 plus, and they start really seeing through this stuff. Like they start, mm -hmm. you know, really, let's say maturing, or um, if we want to use that word and saying, I don't really care about any of this anymore. You know, yeah, uh, I don't care if that person likes me or not. And that's some of what the maturation that they have to go through. They have to go through the maturation where they don't care anymore whether they're liked because a lot of, and this is part of where girls are so vulnerable with social media. So much of female development gets wrapped around, you know, uh, whether they're liked and yeah. they will do stuff for others. They will capitulate the self to be liked. And it does take many, many years <laughs> to mature, to mature through that. I don't want to say out of that because, you know, everyone wants to be liked, but sure. to mature through that and to say, Oh, wait a minute. I don't need to be liked by these five people. Um, that takes time. That takes yeah. time. Yeah. Michael, as always, such good stuff. And we appreciate those writing in. And, uh, you know, if you've got general questions, you've got specific questions, you can go to wonderparenting.com and, and uh, there's a submission form. You can go to Facebook uh, and uh, do a little search on Wonder Parenting. We'll let you in once you join. You can ask questions there. We'll pick some up there. Uh, and we just appreciate you listening. We are here for you and looking forward to being back with you next week. So thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tim. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.